You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 187. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a fiduciary, a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. It is great to be with you today. And today's episode is why you should be optimistic about the market. But before we get to the topic of the day, can you think back to the start of 2021? So I'm talking a year ago. And I know it's not easy. It's not easy to place ourselves one year ago. We might think, well, yeah, I remember we just got this new TV or something like that. You might remember things that happened at the beginning of 2020, but what is difficult to remember is exactly how you were feeling because we all suffer from recency bias. Every single one of us, all we really can see is the very short, immediate past and how we felt or are feeling right now. But I'm sure at the beginning of 2021, just like me, you made some predictions. You may have predicted if your sports team was going to go to the Super Bowl or some other sporting prediction that is happening all the time. It's a multi-billion, billion-dollar business making predictions on who's going to win what sporting event and how much money you should put on in fantasy sports and all of that. But there are predictions going on all over the place. There were family predictions. I was predicting how my kids might end out the school year with their grades, and sometimes I predict their friends, in which I predict might be good friends or not good friends. We're making predictions all over the place. But I want you to think back to the start of 2021. This is a financial podcast. So think back and think about how you felt the market was going to perform, the stock market, in 2021. I mean, remember, in March of 2020, a pandemic started. There were huge losses. Everybody was worried. I mean, really worried. We didn't know a lot about the pandemic. We had a surge in the fourth quarter, but now we have the beginning of 2021. And the opinions around the financial industry was not that the S&P was going to go up over 25%. Market analysts, the experts, did not have such a bullish attitude at all. But my question isn't them, even though a lot of times our opinions are 
based on what we hear on the news and who we think are the quote or unquote experts in the field. So back to you. What did you predict? You're listening to a financial podcast right now. I'm sure you made predictions. Did you predict that the stock market, the S&P 500, was going to go up 25%, actually closer to 28%? Let's get to the topic of the day. Okay, here we go. Why you should be optimistic about the market. This morning, when I was getting ready for work, I began to read an article in Market Watch. And the Market Watch article was titled, Consumer Sentiment Falls to Close to 10-Year Low on Inflation and Omicron Worries. Well, that didn't make me feel very good. The survey on consumer sentiment fell to 68.8 in January from 70 point something the previous month. And that was from the latest reading from the University of Michigan Sentiment Index. And there was a quote that said, while the Delta and Omicron variant certainly contributed to the downward shift, the decline was also due to escalating inflation rate. Well, yeah, when I have client meetings right now and when I read articles, what are we talking about? We're talking about Omicron and we're talking about inflation. Because in the big picture, the U.S. economy has partly been sidetracked by the Delta and then Omicron and now inflation. The article continues in Market Watch and says, economists predict the U.S. will bounce back quickly if, remember that word, if, We'll bounce back quickly if the coronavirus surge fades soon and supply chain bottlenecks begin to ease. U.S. households are still flush with savings and jobs are plentiful. Hmm. Economists, at least some, are a little bullish. But, the article continues, and here's the if again, but if high inflation doesn't ease soon, they say, It could spur a pullback in consumer spending and dent the economy. So this is a classic prediction, non-prediction kind of article. And basically what is going on is the economists are saying, we don't have all of the information in order for us to make a solid prediction because of the ifs. And the ifs are happening all over the place. If this and if that. But the bottom line is when I read this article, I feel like people, including a lot of people listening to this podcast, are very nervous about 2022 in the stock market. And now the prediction comes again. What is your prediction? Is your prediction that the stock market is going to overcome these fears? and that we're going to get control of some of these variants and maybe get control of some of this inflation, all while knowing inflation isn't always a bad thing either. So many things could happen in the market. What is your prediction? And when I read this article this morning, it led me to think back to an article I read in mid-December. 
It was an article written by David Booth. Who's David Booth? I've talked about him before on this podcast. He started a mutual fund company, and this is not a recommendation to any mutual fund or mutual fund company, but he started one 40 years ago in his apartment with the foundational belief that the markets are efficient. It's very difficult to predict where the market is headed. And if we just own thousands of companies, and if we tilt our portfolios in directions and have a little bit more small and a little bit more value and a little bit more profitability in the portfolio, that in the long run, we will endure. In fact, this could set us up for the greatest chance for success. So here's this guy 40 years ago who started this company. And when he did, nobody thought he was going to succeed. And here we are 40 years later. He's the executive chairman and founder. And this company now has assets in mutual funds worth over $679 billion, over 1,430 employees. And get this, just one investment philosophy. David Booth went to the University of Chicago. He learned under some of the brightest and smartest minds at the University of Chicago, which is exactly where the Center for Research on Security Prices started. He's a guy we ought to be listening to as a family steward. Isn't that the kind of person you might want to listen to? So David Booth writes an article in mid-December titled, Why I'll Always Be Optimistic About the Market. Here's a guy who's owned a mutual fund company for 40 years and for many, many years before that, studied the market, has been around the financial industry for a lifetime. And he writes an article, Why I'll Always Be Optimistic About the Market. I'm going to read this quick article to you, and I'll also post it in the show notes at bestandwealth.com. You look under episode number 187. Here we go. It's hard to believe we're approaching the end of the second year of this global pandemic. Despite the pain and loss endured by so many all over the world, I hope some positive changes have come from the shock we've all been forced to experience. As we look forward to 2022, Despite continued uncertainty, there's the if that or if this, I'm feeling a sense of educated optimism that's stronger than ever before. Why? Because over the past two years, my beliefs have been tested more than ever, and they've held up. The beliefs that the markets are efficient. Let's keep going. At the start of 2020, Before we knew the extent of the global pandemic we were headed toward, I reminded investors that the market has no memory and encouraged them to avoid making forecasts and timing markets based on predictions of the future. You see, that's the crazy thing, family stewards, is that we all think that we are smart enough to make these predictions about where the economy is headed, where the stock market is headed. And it's all based on our opinion. 
and we're making a guess just like every other forecaster out there. Like I started this podcast. The majority of people did not believe the stock market was going to do as well as it did in 2021. Continuing with David Booth's article, a few months later, I thought that human ingenuity would lead our way through the crisis. It has. I didn't know when a vaccine would be available or who would make it, but I never doubted the power of so many great minds focusing on one huge problem. When we were in the midst of March 2020, the S&P 500 was down 20%. It was scary. I wrote then that we can't control crises, but we can control our response to them. In fact, my friends, I wrote, or I did a whole podcast about that as well. Those who could stay in the market were rewarded. Over the next 12 months, the S&P went up 56%. When you're entrusted with investors' hard-earned money, as we are at Dimensional, and as I stated, $679 billion, it's gratifying to see that the choices you make can lead to good outcomes. So now we find ourselves at the doorstep of 2022. Remember, this article was written in and around December 15th of 2021. So now we find ourselves at the doorstep of 2022. And we've just seen the S&P 500 hit record highs again. But not all investors perceive this as good news. Record highs make many people nervous because they think that what goes up must come down. When markets are working as they should, reaching record highs with some frequency is exactly the outcome we would expect. That makes intuitive sense because if stocks didn't have a positive expected return, no one would invest in them. Isn't that so true? The reason we invest in stocks is because of the positive expected return. And we expect the stock market to go up just a little bit every single day. Now, does it? No. But we come up with that expected return looking in the long-term past, seeing average returns of 10%. So we invest in stocks. We expect an average return of 10%. That doesn't mean that we get that average every single year. In fact, I've done studies on this as well. The stock market rarely ends the year anywhere close to between 8 and 12%. In fact, over the last 95 years plus, it's only landed there six times. But we expect it to go up, and that's why we invest. If we didn't expect a good average return, we never would invest in the stock market so we could go crazy making these predictions and hanging on for dear life when the stock market corrects or when we enter a recession. Let's go on with the article. This brings me to why I'm always optimistic about the power of markets and why I always bet with them rather than against them. Stock markets represent people coming together. We can't predict the nature or timing of a crisis, but we can bank on human ingenuity finding a path through it. Markets are forward-looking and reflect this optimism, an optimism that I believe is innate to humanity. 
And your optimism only increases when you begin to understand how markets work. Isn't this so true? If you're an investor and you expect positive return every single year, you are in for disappointment. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with the one investment philosophy that Dimensional uses. It's not going to happen with the one investment philosophy that Fortress Planning Group uses. Stock markets are down 25% of the time. So now you have mutual, actively managed mutual funds that are trying to predict all kinds of things. They think the stock market's going to go down, so they bet against it. They think this sector or that sector is going to do better than the other for these two or three or four months. And then they're going to get back in and they're going to do a sector rotation in the market and out of the market and more in US and more in value and more in emerging or less in emerging and constantly changing things around and never sticking around when the return actually shows up. I did a whole podcast on how so many people miss the small value premium from the fourth quarter of 2020 all the way through last year where we saw, and I'm using my memory here, but about a 70 or so percent return. But if you were shifting around, you were not sticking around for the return. So there's plenty of mutual funds, money managers that you could hire that will say, yes, our stated goal is to see positive return in the stock market. But I'm telling you again, unless you get lucky, you're going to be disappointed. Because when I look back 15 years, only about 25% of actively managed traditional mutual fund managers have actually managed to beat the market. 75% have not. But as David Booth says, when you begin to understand how markets work, then the game changes. Okay, let's go on with the article. How we deal with uncertainty is the central challenge to human existence. We are defined by the choices we make, but we never have all the information we want. So what do we do? Well, article continues, it pays to have a philosophy to guide our choices in investing and in life. In conversations with investors over the years, I've explained my philosophy about markets in different ways. But what all these descriptions have in common is choosing to side with human ingenuity rather than against it. Betting against the market is exhausting, and we believe that it doesn't pay. So at the end of the year, we look back and forward. What do we think the next year will bring? I don't know. No one does. Think about it. No one does. After these last two years, this lesson should be obvious to all of us. This is the most important paragraph, family stewards. This genius that's been around the market for 60 years, he doesn't know what's going to happen. And no one knows what's going to happen. Everybody's just making predictions. David Booth continues, but for the past 50 years, I have held a long-term faith in the power of markets. When they go up or down, I see them simply responding to new information. The market always wants buyers and sellers to make a deal. Transactions only happen 
if people agree on a price that seems fair to both sides. In 2022, new challenges await. New businesses will grow. Old ones will adapt. Some will fail while others flourish. Rather than having to guess what will happen to whom and when, I choose a different path. I simply invest in the whole market. It is a unique human invention. From it flows our modern life. Most of us live in a world where we go to the store or pick up our phones and see choices I could not have imagined as a boy. So, of course, I'm optimistic. Think about that, you guys. Think about that. Think about 30 years ago, if you're that old, or 10 years ago. Everything has changed and it will continue to change. The article continues. And of course, there is more work to be done. The problems we face as humans are daunting. That has always been true. I was born at the end of World War II and before a vaccine for polio. I wake up every morning, believe the market will go up a little bit, but prepared for it when it drops. And you should too. Oh, wow. Stopping for a second. Isn't that how I start every single podcast? And you should too? Let me continue. Markets will go up and down, but you should expect them to be positive. And that is what history has also shown. If you can hold to this in your heart, you can be optimistic and resilient. You can manage the central challenges of human existence. It's hard to do, but it's worth it. So I think we have a couple of lessons here from David Booth. Number one, it pays to be optimistic. Now that doesn't mean we're going to have a successful 2022 in the stock market. We don't know that yet. It hasn't unfolded yet. It hasn't started great. I'll be honest with you. But that doesn't mean that it won't finish great. And at the end of the day, The bottom line is to have a portfolio built in a way that you can deal with the ups and the downs. I deal with many, many retired couples and they tend to fear the most because they're not contributing to their portfolio anymore. They demand a check every month to live off of from their portfolio. That's why they saved to begin with. And it is absolutely essential to have a plan for the good times and the bad times and have it inside of your investment policy statement so that you can feel secure. But David taught us that once we can have confidence in our one investment philosophy, in our investment policy statement, in our retirement plan, we have a great reason to be optimistic. And if we spend a good part of our life being pessimistic about the market, you will end up making an emotional decision that could impact your retirement for the rest of your life. One decision on a million dollar portfolio could cost you three or 400,000. 
you just get out because you just don't feel good. And then you have to make that next decision, when to get back in. Or all of these portfolios that are moving around in sector rotation and moving in and out of U.S. and international, it in the long run has proven not to work. Let's have one investment philosophy and be optimistic and move forward as a family steward. That's all I have today. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.